All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Claimed. Today, I have a very special guest with me. His name is Joe, and he's calling in all the way from Thailand. Welcome, Joe. How do you feel being on Claimed Podcast? I'm excited. It's an honor. Oh, that's so nice to hear. So Joe and I have connected. We, You and I, Joe, connected um, through uh, uh, a common business circle. We were together in a mastermind. And I always appreciated your perspective and point of view. And as we were in that mastermind, we also became friends. And when I mentioned that, hey, I want to interview some men, some good men that women are looking for, that my listeners are looking for, I thought of you as a good man um, that, you know, women would, I think, would love to hear your perspective. And that's why I'm interviewing men now. And I also know that you told me that you are very strategic about finding a wife. And I thought this would be um, a very good, uh, an interesting story that we can talk about. Before we get there, I have a simple question for you, maybe two. One of them, well, the first one that I ask all men who, when they come on my show is, Joe, what do you find attractive in a woman? I love a feminine woman who is in her feminine energy and her feminine role. Hmm. What does that mean to you? It's a woman who is a nurturer, who is soft, who wants to create who who has a vision for a family that that drives me crazy <laughs> <laughs> as in like that turns you on that turns that pushes the buttons <laughs> why what what about that is so attractive i think it's just the purity like i'm very into energy and intuition and it just feels like it's so magnetic i think yeah i, I that's how I could describe it. it. It just draws you in because I think in this day and age, everybody's a little bit tense. And so to to kind of feel that, it, it definitely catches your attention. You know, I guess I'm still an animal. So, you know, like it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like we all are, Joe. Let's face it. We're all animals running on, you know, thousands of years of evolutionary mechanisms that draw us to each other. Um that's really interesting that you started right from the bat with that because, as you know, I help single successful women attract committed masculine men. And how I do that is mostly by helping them connect more to their feminine energy. So, uh, okay, before we dive into all of that, because I think all women are like, oh, what? I've got so many questions. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you come from, where you are, and what you do? Yeah, so I was born and raised in the UK. And so I grew up from with a single mother. My mother took me away from my father when I was young because she didn't want me to grow up in the Chinese mafia. And so she took me away and she hoped that I would have a better future. But along that way, it was very, very difficult because we were alone and I would always think, where is my father? And so throughout the years, I would see as my mom would try to replace a father figure. And unfortunately, it didn't go so well. I had many dads, okay? <laughs> and uh, many people who tried to fill that role. And unfortunately, the people that she picked, they were actually, they turned out to be sinister. They turned out to be psychopathic and they would, they would do domestic violence, okay? So growing up already, I, I was kind of very introduced to the idea that, wow, it's, it's super important to have a the right man and also for a woman to find 
like to be able to filter these things. Okay. And then it wasn't until, you know, it got so bad that we actually had to escape from these people to, to Thailand. Okay. We, we planned an escape and we ran away. And then a year later, because my mother was kind of still in love with it's kind of like Stockholm syndrome. We actually came back to the UK homeless to find these uh, people and join back with them, which was a nightmare. What's and so Stockholm that, syndrome? Stockholm syndrome is kind of like when you become attached to your attackers and your perpetrators, your kind of kidnappers. But this, this isn't, I guess it's not kind of a hundred percent similar, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 um, it's, it was it was kind of uh, a similar dynamic in a sense that even though they were doing things which were bad, there were still those feelings, and you're caught up in a bad relationship that wow. you would fly all the were way. You? To, yeah. How old I was were 12. you when this was happening? Yeah, I was twelve. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's like I sucked the air out of the room now, Anna. You look shocked. <laughs> I mean, I didn't expect this, Joe. I mean, you know, I mean, we. I was like, oh shit. Um, I, I had an oh shit kind of moment because, um, yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> we didn't, uh, we didn't talk about, you know, really personal things. And I guess this quickly get really, got really personal. I just didn't expect it. I mean, I know that from, from my experience that doesn't have to necessarily to be true, but you always struck me as a guy who is quite deep and I know you've done, it, it seems like you've done a lot of work on yourself and I know you're an entrepreneur. And so most entrepreneurs successful and you're a successful entrepreneur. I guess when I asked you, tell us a bit about yourself, I thought you're going to say, Oh, I do this and this and that, you know, I'm Joe, I do this and this and that, but you like plunged right into it, which I'm so grateful for because I was like, okay, this is interesting. And so I love that you started there. So that's why I was just surprised. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's not. I, I don't think it's easy to to, to tell the story, but um, since you started there and you're telling it now, I feel that it, it's important. I feel like there is an there is a culmination to this or a conclusion. This is like your hero's journey, so to say, coming to I guess who you are today. Am I right? Absolutely, absolutely. So these experiences shaped me, and they made me the man I am today, and it shaped my my future, my future, my relationships, and so. You know, unfortunately, my my sister was also involved in that because she would copy my mom. That was the only example she had. And she didn't grow up with a father. And so I would look growing up and be like, why can't my sister find a good boyfriend? Why are they treating her like this? Why is my mom doing that as well? And so I remember it just got to one point where we, we grew up in poverty. So like we were on government subsidies. And we'd have to walk like two or three miles. I'm not sure what the kilometers is in, in American language, you know. And we would have to steal the shopping trolleys because we didn't have a car. And I would be pushing back all of these groceries all the way to our house, two miles this way, two miles that way. And I was like eight years old. And I, I was always thinking like, where's my father? Like, this is tough, you know. And so that constant theme of, you know, a, a real masculine presence to, to challenge you was always missing in my life. And it was not until we escaped back to the kind of abusers and then we ran away from them again that we, we ran to London in the UK. And my mother, she, she introduced me to an old friend who was a, a, a martial arts teacher, was a famous martial arts teacher. 
And he be kind of he became my mentor, and he taught me how to be strong. And so he was the the first real kind of masculine role model in my life. He took me under his wing, and he taught me everything that I'd been missing for the past fifteen years. He taught me how to be a man, and he and he he, he was very interesting because he had seven children. He is a Guinness World Record holder, and he used to be the bodyguard to an Arab prince. And so that's kind of like my the beginning of my story. What does he have a record on the Guinness record? It's a breaking concrete breeze blocks with his with his arms, and it's like demolition. So he smashes them all with his arms. So he was kind of oh the epitome of strength. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, yeah. so a, a few things there before you continue. Um, I had a really kind of emotional moment of connection to you when you said, you know, as I was pushing this trolley and I was eight years old and I was asking, where is my father? Actually, when I was eight years old, my mother passed away. And I don't know if you know that about me, maybe, because maybe you saw some of my videos. But um, uh, since then, the question, where is my mother, was always ever present and I think, you know, it's so interesting that you as a man talk about that masculine presence that is so needed for you to go through your rites of passages as a man, for you to grow up from a boy into a man and really needing that masculine presence. That's how I felt about needing a feminine presence in my life that I didn't have. And I wasn't pushing it. I mean, I wasn't obviously pushing a trolley in that situation, but for me it was more in the moments where I felt desperate and lonely and like there was no one um, there to guide me or support me or whatever. So that's number one. And number two, what an amazing kind of turnaround when you when you were introduced to this man. And as soon as you mentioned martial arts, actually, I started smiling because I know that for a lot of men, martial arts um, or like a, a, an extreme physical endurance activity or whatever, but specifically martial arts, I know I've heard a lot of stories and on podcasts and things. This is the moment where they come to what it is to be a man, interestingly, because obviously it teaches you endurance and strength and stuff. So my question, my follow-up question here, when you said this man taught me how to be a man, what, what does that mean for you? It's a really good question. That's something I try to figure out as well, because growing up, if you never had an example, you don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And so, you you know, like you said about your mom, as a kid, you always feel this yearning. You're very sensitive. Like, why is something missing? That's the question. And when you're vulnerable, you have those moments. And so you look to the movies and you, you look and you're like, you try to emulate them. You're like, is this a man? Is it the army sergeant? Is it go, get up, do a hundred pushups. And so I had all these conflicted ideas. And one day I asked my teacher and I said, what does it mean to be a man? And he said, Joe, like being a man doesn't mean just because I can beat up six guys, that makes me a man. He said, being a man is being responsible and being able to take care of others. And that kind of like, as a naive, like 20 year old, you know, as I was following him, like bright eyed, I was like, whoa, like. I never heard that before. That kind of sounds boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, is, is that it? I thought being a man was having a six pack and having muscles and being able to like, you know, dominate. And as I like, know, like being a man is being responsible and going after your dreams and, and providing and thinking big. I was like, wow. And, I, and he kind of embodied that. And that's kind of, I just kind of respected him 
it wasn't something conscious. I just respected him. He was one of the only men that I've ever met that I respected deeply until today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's where this is going to get really philosophical for a moment. When you okay. say being a man is being responsible and taking care of others, you mentioned providing and thinking big. Why can't that be the same description applied to being a woman? Especially today. Like, can't we say being a woman is responsible? Is being responsible and taking care of others and providing and thinking big? How is that different for a woman and what, uh, and what it is to be a woman then? Yes, yeah, a really good question. And so I think everybody needs to be responsible. But I think it's just the first lesson that you learn as a man. And I think the context is different because challenges and trauma and suffering and taking on that responsibility as a man will strengthen you. But if you go through a lot of trauma as a woman, okay, you want to be responsible in a different context is that I nurture people, right? And I'm not saying men don't also nurture, but it's it's a balance. It's a yin and yang. And so I think it's the context, to be honest with you, Anna. Like that's my interpretation of it. And when I say be responsible, it's that like if we as a as a man, we're giving this like physical strength and we're given like the the ability to like uh suffer with this physical strength and it's being responsible around that and being responsible about around controlling your emotions and providing that emotional safety net for everybody i think that's the difference in responsibility it's not to say that women also are not responsible yeah they have to be responsible too but it's how are you responsible and so i, I was kind of giving it in a in a masculine context so <laughs> it's a good question mm -hmm. so when you say ability to suffer through strength what does that mean? So you say as men were given strength, which is when you when you compare men to a woman, it's very obvious that a man is much bigger. He's the upper part of the body is much stronger, and so it's in interesting how you describe this: the ability to suffer to suffer in strength. And so clarify that for me. And then you said challenges and trauma will strengthen you. Yeah. as a man what does that mean for you and how do you can you elaborate on that a bit yeah so in martial arts we believe that the body and mind is connected okay and so if you have a strong physical body you you have a burden to develop a strong mind too and strong emotional control and so as a man you 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 need to feel your emotions but you also need to control them right and so you don't need to lean too much into them. You have to get up. You have to have your discipline. You have to, in spite of your emotions, you feel them, but you still get what you need to do done. Whereas I think for for uh, feminine energy, it's more intuitive. You lead with your emotion. You flow through your emotions. You you make decisions. For you. you have to be in tune with all of this stuff. That's your superpower. And the, the, the difference in that is the physical aspect. Because men are given this physical body, which is connected to their mind, and that we have a burden and responsibility to control and master these emotions, okay, and not be so 
led by them. Whereas for a woman, it's completely fine to be led by them. That's your intuition. That's your yin and your yang. That's the balance, the polarity uh, between a man and a woman that you need. Hmm. That's really interesting. So I find it fascinating how you, you think about this through the martial arts perspective, because obviously I like I never had experience with that. So so just so that I understand it right, so you're given as a man, you're giving this strong body, you're giving this strength, and then you call it a burden, which is really interesting, a burden to control and master your emotions. Why is that a burden? That's that's what you need to do as a man, I guess. That's what I've been taught. It's, it's that, that is the, you were given this for a reason, right? Just like as a woman, you were given your intuitive emotions for a reason that's you have a, a duty to the universe to to take this gift and to use it and to cultivate yourself that's your that's your kind of like the as i say the burden or responsibility from mother nature i guess yeah mm, really interesting so um as you're talking about this and obviously we come from completely different backgrounds and perspectives but how i would i guess interpret this is as a, as a, and it's, and it's totally true because as a man, you're giving this strength and the burden, it is a burden because controlling and mastering your emotions is extremely challenging. Um, for, 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 especially when you're a man, because, and you know, in the context of martial arts, how I think about this is think about martial arts where it's like basically combat or whatever, physical fighting, you learn how to fight. And I don't know obviously much about it, but I know that uh, when you are in a situation, let's say dangerous situation or whatever, it's not about, so you have to be calm and collected and that's the burden instead of expressing whatever you're feeling, being impulsive and getting yourself into situations that you might regret after that. This is where responsibility comes in. So it's all about that, I guess, more like a stoic burden of here's the rage that I'm feeling right now about what's just happened. And my burden is to control and master whatever's happening in my body. And then what? And then, and then channel that into what? Like a collected action? Tell me yeah, more exactly. about that whole philosophy of uh, how do you become a, a great martial, martial artist? I think you, you, you nailed it, Anna. You should be our spokeswoman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a job already. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, always, always be hiring, right? <laughs> like, uh, <you> know. <laughs> but no, you're exactly right. I think look, as a martial artist, it starts with that emotional c control because as a man, your, your emotions will blind you. But as a woman, your emotions will help you to see clearly. Okay. And, and wow. so, this is really profound, when, Joe. Did you come up with that? I'm ju I'm just speaking from experience. And so, when 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 you're in that moment, it's life and death. Okay. So my teacher, he was a bodyguard, and so this is life or death. People will bring knives, rambo knives, try to kill him, try to assault him. They they want to take out the prince, right? And in that moment, if you are not calm, you cannot see clearly. Okay, so you have to calm down your mind and control your emotions. And as you say, it's a focused effort, which will lead to action. So in a split second, you have to take out all of these attackers. And if you get emotional, and it clouds your vision, it clouds your judgment, you cannot see, 
and then you you have a weakness you get taken out boom 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 so if you don't even if you feel it your heart's beating the adrenaline's going your hairs are standing up and you're you're about to get killed right you in that moment you have to focus all your energy and you have to perform otherwise it's life and death and people die and so that's what he taught me and it's a way of life it's a way that you live is when you work when you interact with people and you need to be the anchor that mountain he always says you have to be the mountain okay the mountain never moves okay the waves crash against the mountain and the mountain never moves it's so interesting how you described because um when i explain polarity to my listeners and my clients i always explain feminine masculine polarity that they're completely different energies polar opposites they attract and the the symbol that i use in nature for the masculine is the mountain and for the feminine <laughs> is the waves, the ocean. Nice. Um, nice. And I love how you said you're the mountain and nothing moves. You need to be the anchor. The mountain never moves and you let the waves crash <laughs> on you. And it's, um, it's also such an amazing metaphor for relationships and for relationship dynamics. Because, and that's what women want. That's what we as feminine essence women want to see in a man, a man who no matter what the storm is happening in my soul and my body and I could be deeply upset or enraged or sad and desperate and whatever and I want to express that in a way that I want to without restriction and I want to know that you're still standing. And no matter what the emotional storm that I bring as a woman into this relationship dynamic, you're just going to keep standing no matter what. And I can be safe and held in that. And that's the emotional polarity there, but it's also what uh, good relationships and foundations of, you know, feminine masculine polarity as well as attraction are, are based on. So I just found it so beautiful that you brought in that metaphor as well. Um, no, ex exactly. Exactly. And, you know, like you say, like women, like the women, the feminine energy is like the wave. Water is flowing. It's constantly changing. It's crashing. It's soft. It's 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 very uh, flexible, and and so you as a man, this is what my teacher told me: is that you have to be sturdy. You're you're a leader. You provide security to everybody, you know. And so that that's that's what that is exactly. So it's mm. definitely from nature. We are from nature, right? Yeah, we're animals. And just going back quickly, when I asked you about this was powerful and I asked you, did you come up with that? This was actually not a sarcastic comment. I don't know how you took it. But this was actually quite profound for me. And I forgot what you said. We need to rewind. But I think what you said is, um, as a man, giving into your emotions is a weakness and it clouds your judgment. But as a woman, giving into your emotions and feelings, it's actually how you see clearly. Is that what you yes. said? So I said, as a man, emotions will blind you, but as a woman, emotions will help you see clearly. Yeah. So is this a saying somewhere that you you read? No, I, I just, just... I'm just speaking from the heart. Yeah. Wow. So emotion, as a man, emotions will blind you, and as a woman, emotions will help you see clearly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So help help us all, women. Well, I think I can't understand this, but let's see. Help all the women listeners. So 
you explain the, the masculine side or the men's side where emotions will blind you. And I love, by the way, how you're saying, and I've interviewed uh, a few men who are also talking about this. One of them comes to mind, Trevor Boehm, I think you'll find, and he's also a martial artist, jujitsu and stuff like that. But he was, when I was interviewing him, he was also talking to me about, and in his book, he talks about how as a man, his responsibility is to make others feel safe. So it's, you don't talk about women only, but others and the world. Yeah, even other you. men, even children, like everybody, you know. And firstly, it starts off with yourself. Okay, so in martial arts, we say know yourself and then you know your enemy and then you can understand the world. So firstly, you have to provide that stability within yourself first, and then you can try to provide it to others. And that's what we see a lot in this world is that a lot of people, they're giving up their energy to everybody else, but they don't have that stability to others. And so, you know, it starts at home. If you can't do that, then, you know, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah. And so how do you do that now as a man? Do you, is it through martial arts? It's, it's with discipline, it's with daily practices, it's with rituals, and it's, it's your ability to act in spite of your emotions. And that starts with, with small disciplines. It can start off with brushing your teeth, feeding yourself, you know, and then you get into exercise. Then you get into keeping your word and saying what you, doing what you say you're going to do, always showing up, being on time, reliable. These basics that we've seemed to lost in, in the modern age, you know, in, in the Snapchat generation, this TikTok generation, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No gap and scroll, so, scroll, scroll, really consistently. <laughs> so, you know, do, right. do the basics. Right, do the basics. And so now let's talk a little bit about, so I'm, I'm clear on that, and I think the women understand this from a man's perspective where it's it's about the discipline and taking care of the, I love that saying, what did you say? Uh, you have to know yourself, then you'll know your enemy, and then you'll understand the world. Yes. Or if we put in a less competitive phrase, know yourself, know others, then know the world. Yeah. I'm getting some um, Asian wisdom coming here, martial arts wisdom <laughs> into my way. It's like washing over <laughs> me. <laughs> Joe is like hypnotizing me. Um, okay. So now let's talk about the female side. So yep. emotions will help you see clearly. So what, is, what does that mean? Because I, I, I can tell you that as a woman, when I hear that, it's a little bit confusing because, and this is very real, what I help women do actually when they start to work with me is actually help them feel, start to feel what they're feeling in their body and actually giving them permission to feel and teaching them an embodiment practice where they can actually express and breathe and feel. So, but, and, and the problem is a lot of women are disembodied and that has to do everything to do with their feminine energy when they start to feel embodied, express and, and feel and communicate via feelings however when you when i hear you say and i know a lot of the listeners might be uh, questioning this as well as a woman emotions will help you see clearly a lot of women i think will be confused by that because as women we have been labeled through generations in history as being too emotional too chaotic i think a lot of men actually fear women who are crazy like crazy bitches or whatever you know uh so it's a real fear in men i think and it's a real fear in women so a lot of the times why women are also disembodied i mean this also comes from childhood and stuff but they they we, we've we've learned and i talk about myself in the past as well to suppress emotions because 
I don't want to be the the one who's too loud, too emotional. Like it's an if somebody calls you too emotional or crazy, it's like so, so when you tell me that emotions will help me see clearly, I'm like, hang on, Joe. You're telling me the complete opposite of what I learned in my 30, 40, 50 years of my life. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's the judgment around emotions that, that is the pickle here, I think. And so mm. when we try to judge the emotions through our mind as, as uh, in a feminine energy, that's when the, the misunderstandings come. And as you say, people call me emotional. That's bad. We put these labels to all of these stuff. But your emotionals are the ultimate signal for you. And so if you're never going to be, we're not robots. We're not like, yes, ABC, okay, consistent, consistent, right? Sometimes you're going to be happy. Sometimes you're going to be sad. Sometimes you're going to, maybe you've got period pains. You're going to feel like, oh my God, you're going to be more moody, right? All of these things. And so, like, firstly, I think it's the judgment of the emotions. And this kind of ties back into, you know, like, let's say my origin story is also like, just like I needed um, a strong masculine presence in, in my life, I think women also need a strong uh, masculine presence in their life as well to kind you of. Mean feminine. Need, yeah, feminine sorry? presence? Women they need, need a strong feminine. Well, yeah, yeah but we both yeah. we all need both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just yeah, yeah. said women need a strong masculine presence. Did you mean women need a uh, just in the same way you you as a man need a masculine presence? Women need a strong feminine presence. Is that what you meant? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, they'd need that, but in in this case, I'd say even a masculine presence too. And so when I'm kind of referring to their father or a, an oh, uncle see, yeah. or something like that, or even their partner, because as you said, when the waves is crashing. Okay, and it crashes against a mountain, you can adjust. Because if you're crashing against that mountain, be it your you know, your uncle, your father, your 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 boyfriend, they will help you to adjust in a non judgmental way. And the judgment, I think it comes from society and where they're like, you know what, you're you're, you're too much of a bitch here, you're too much of that. And they put all this kind of venom against Labels. your emotions. Whereas if you notice if you have a very warm, strong man, they'll say, You know, are you okay? Is everything okay? They won't assassinate your character, you know. They, they'll just ask, is everything okay? So, ladies, and whenever you're going through a crazy emotional storm, uh, we'll be sharing Joe's phone number, and then everybody <laughs> can call Joe and be like, oh, my God, I'm losing my shit, Joe. This is all shit. Like, And Joe's going to be like, just breathe. Everything's okay. It's okay. Just let it go, right? Is, you should I'll offer a listening. service, Joe, for <laughs> you just be listening, right? And that's the quality that men need to develop because it's so hard for a man, for a lot of men, to be just present with that storm. Um, yeah, because yeah, we want to throw a life wanna... It's it's uncomfortable, yeah. right? It's like because if you are not, and this is what comes back to mastering your own emotions. If if you've not mastered yourself, mm. right, then as soon as somebody gets emotional, you will feel uncomfortable. You will try to intervene, right? No, stop. Don't express yourself, right? Stop. But if you're cool, you can just sit out and wait and just, you know, let the storm pass. It will pass, right? Is that what you it's do? It's easier said than done. Wife? Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So now we come to this. So we've heard your story of where you've been 
And well, just a quick note from me, because I am working with women, it might be helpful for everyone listening. Um, you, uh, you're absolutely right. Both of us need strong, healthy, fit, feminine and masculine role models to grow up with. And unfortunately, I think most of us just didn't have that. I did not have that. You did not have that. But it doesn't mean that we cannot uh, meet role models or seek role models. I mean, a lot of women, I think, when they look at me and the work that I'm doing, and I'm not saying like, put me on a pedestal or whatever, but I think they see something that they also want, which is they see a woman who's connected to her body, to her emotions and can hold, hold herself in that way. So, so in the same way where you say, I think it's true for all humans, learn how to hold yourself, know yourself, know others, and you'll understand the world or know the world. So when I found out this tool of feminine embodiment, it's a simple practice that I teach all of my women. And I know you and I are talking about this as well, because you're helping me dive into this a little bit more. How can I show the world what this means and show women? But what it helped me do, it actually helped me uh, combat that whole idea of I'm too emotional, I'm too much. You know, all my life I've been told that I am too much because of my personality, because I've got a lot of masculine energy. And I feel like a lot of women just, oh, is it? It's thundering. Can you hear it or no? I can't. I can't. Cool. Okay, let the waves that's crash. good. Yeah, let the, <laughs> let the waves crash. It's thundering, Joe. This is going to be big. Um, so, you know, when I found the tool of feminine embodiment, it helped me, and this was happening for all the women who are doing the work, it, you know, when, when they were working together. It helped me come back to myself and find a home and, and this vessel for what I'm feeling inside in a very safe way, where I actually started to develop these reservoirs of safety within my own body. And I did not need anyone to validate my emotions, to tell me whether they're right or wrong. I started to just familiarize myself with what the hell is happening in my body without any labels or judgments. So it all starts with you. And that's what, you know, when I work with women, that's exactly what's happening with them. And we come to this place where we're not scared anymore of what we're feeling deep down inside our bodies. And we can then, you know, because I always tell women, you know, think life will happen. And you will be reacting and, and you will be feeling what you're feeling. But I feel like as you, Joe, as a man, found martial arts to be, I guess, the instrument or the tool to, as you said, control and master your emotions. I think for us as feminine women beings, this feminine embodiment tool uh, gives us, it's an instrument for us to actually be able to express and feel what we're feeling and not, so let these waves I, I guess you can almost say crush into our own mountain because everybody has their masculine and their feminine, but then how we then present ourselves or show up with men or with other people in the world is not as a crazy bitch who just can't control herself or whatever. So you do express emotions, but in, but in much more collected, calm and, and, and embodied way, but, but, but you're right. The context is different, like how you would do it as a man. And I don't, I think, as a woman, like when you describe that situation of being protector and provider, taking care of others, making others feel safe, that is the last position I want to be put in as a woman. Um, because that's just not my 
uh, like, no, I don't want to be there. That's not my role. My role, you know, like I always give women an example. I think they really understand this polarity. Like, let's say if we were in a building somewhere all together, men and women, children, whatever, and there happened a disaster or a fire or an emergency situation, what happens? And that's what we see actually happening when there's war, when there's fires, whatever. What's happening? Men are standing up and are going into battle, so to say, or to save or whatever. Women are not standing up and leaning in and being boss bitches and whatever. Women are like, oh, shit, where are the children? We're going into the basement. Um, it's just so hard to see this today in the modern world because obviously, I mean, luckily we're not presented with a lot of these things. They're still happening. but And, and so that's how relationships always work, also work. Anyways, this was just like a, like a you know, um, sideway comment from me. So um, let's move on, Joe, and talk about you and focus on you and how you found your wife, because I'm really curious. So you told us your story and where you came from and then how you became a man, which is, you know, a rite of passage for you or maybe multiple rites of passages. And so tell me about women and how you started developing those relationships with women, because I know it's a whole thing, and women are so unaware of what men actually go through starting from puberty and then starting to almost like self, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, self-assure finding themselves as men and their confidence also through their dynamics with women. And then I know you told me you were very strategic about finding a wife, and I'm really curious about what, what, does, what does that mean? Hey, girlfriend, before we continue with this episode, I wanted to jump in real quick and share an important message for you. There's a lot of advice out there about dating and relationships, books, experts and gurus, and even your granny has a surefire way to succeed in love. And most of it is complete BS. Well, maybe not so much granny's advice. As you may or may not know, I run a transformational 10-week group coaching program called Claim, just like the podcast, that has helped hundreds of women around the world completely change their dating reality with men, where they go from being frustrated and burnt out to actually enjoying dating and starting to attract some amazing men, men who stand strong in their masculinity, who are confident, who court and pursue you and plan and organize and pay for dates, but who are also emotionally available and are ready and willing and again, available for relationship with you. And I've developed this program with one thing in mind, that you already have everything you need to attract the men in the relationship of your dreams. You don't need to change who you are. You are not broken. You just need to make a few key shifts and they all start from the inside. If you're ready to feel that kind of excitement, ease and joy in dating and relationships that so many of my clients have experienced and me myself, as you know, I have attracted my masculine men and now have a family with him. I have an invitation for you. Work with me and my team to get on the fast track so you can start seeing big changes in your life ASAP. Go to claim.com slash apply to sign up for your free, no catch discovery call or short interview with a member of my team. This will be your chance to experience our approach firsthand and to ask any personal questions you might have about the program and whether this is a good fit for you. It's also going to be our chance to see if we would be a good fit for you because we're not in this and I'm not in this for a quick buck and we don't work just with anyone. We're committed to your success and we want to make sure we can help you to achieve it. The good news is that dating and relationships doesn't have to be this hard. So if you don't want to wait around any longer wondering where are all the good men, if you need an urgent change and are open to receiving personalized help and guidance and want to invest in yourself, then apply for this no catch. There's nothing that you need to give us. It's just a free discovery call for you so you can see whether this is a good fit for you and 
so they can work on this together. So go to claimed.com slash apply. This will take you to a calendar where you can book your call, answer some short questions, and then we shall see you on the other side. All right, now back to the episode. Yes, good question. And so I was very active as a teenager and, you know, I would... I was, I guess, puberty hormones, and I would be like always trying to find girls and stuff like that. And I kind of be punching above my weight class a little bit because I would always go for for older girls. Strange, right? As as a young as a as a young man, a little bit older, because my 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 mom she was always pushing on like um, the story, the narrative that you're very mature, you're very independent. You're gonna be a millionaire, and when when you be a millionaire, make sure you give me twenty five percent cut, okay? I was like, okay, yes, mom, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you did become right? a millionaire, by the way, for everyone listening. Okay, Joe I is did. just very, I... uh, very humble and um, collected. He's not sharing his amazing successes, but I know Joe, you're a very successful entrepreneur. Thank you. Yeah. And there's a there's another story to that but okay we'll, we'll go so and, and and so i was kind of programmed for i was my mom's hope right i was her retirement plan and um <laughs> and that kind of le- led me to because uh, i wasn't there when i was young I, I thought i was more successful than i really was and so i'd always aim for like uh, getting like the the best looking girl maybe older and then it wasn't until like austin he said like what's going on joe like you don't have a house you don't have a car right you have no safety net that no serious girl is going to take a look look at you their father's going to kick you out and say i raised my daughter and what what can you do for her you can't look look at her better look after her better than you do for me i was like no 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 yeah i'm so my mom told me i'm 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 this i'm that and you know and it, it wasn't until like I had my first love and in the relationship, you know, I, it was like, truth be told, uh, I, I didn't feel like she, she fell in love with me. Like I fell in love with her. It was my first love. Okay. And then after we broke up, I was always questioning, like I gave it my all at that time, but she didn't love me like truly. I could I could just know it. And I was like, why? And I was like, well, my mom tells me all of this stuff, but then Austin is that, that voice of reason. I was like, you know, maybe he's Austin right. Austin is your mentor, sorry? He's my mentor, my teacher, my, okay. now my business and how, partner. How old were you then? I was 19 and my girlfriend was 25. Got right? it, okay. And, okay, and that, that's a very big difference. But being uh, from the West, you think when you're 16, you're a man. And I can tell you it's not true. Okay, <laughs> right. And so nineteen, you don't know, you don't know anything, and women are typically more mature than men as well. Okay, and and so I was like, why couldn't she love me? I I gave her like I I did my best, and I just had to accept that I wasn't I wasn't man enough. Like I, I wasn't responsible. I wasn't disciplined. I didn't provide that security for her. And Austin told me that you know he said, look, you you didn't look after her that to to a high enough standard. And at, at that point, I said, okay, you know what? I need to do a lot of self-work. I need to become responsible. I need to become stronger. I need to become more disciplined. And I need to be become a, become a man, okay, and not become a boy. And so I went away, and I, I just went and shut myself away, and I went and worked on myself for like five years. 
Okay. And of course I dated through this. And the, the crazy thing is, is that when you go and work on yourself, then that's when, uh, people start to get to attract you, attracted to you automatically. Right. And so I just went and did the work. And then Austin told me it's going to take you three years. Okay. In, 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 in Chinese saying we have, it takes three years to set a foundation of cultivation. And after when I was 25, so hang on. Sorry. So what did you do during those five years when you said, I went and I worked on myself and man, I'm getting so much like Asian wisdom. It takes three <laughs> years to set a foundation. I'm like, oh, that's, that's actually helpful for me. Cause I feel like I can do anything in like a month or a day, you know? Um, that's why so I feel what, too. What, <laughs> what was those, when you said I went away and I worked on myself for five years, what, what, what does that mean? Yeah. So, you know, being responsible it comes back down to being responsible getting up taking care of the body that that you've been given okay feeding your body waking up on time exercising making money building a foundation that you can bring other people to because who's going to want to come to you if you don't have a, a strong foundation how can you be a mountain if if your mountain is only like this big right nobody like one step up is that it is that the view Right. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I went and built my mountain and, um, I went and did business and I partnered with Austin. He now took me on as I became a black belt. I got my third degree black belt and I opened up all these martial arts schools with him in the UK and I'd go around teaching all these men and I became a leader and I learned what it meant to be a leader is a leader leads from the front. They take care of others. It's not telling them what to do. Okay. And those skills transferred. And then, then when I would date women, they would look at me and they would, they would tell me their problems. They would say, you know, they would feel safe. They would open up. And I kind of like developed this like daddy energy, which I kind of got from my teacher because I went and I did the work. Right. And, and, you know, that served me because when my sister had children, because of all of that training, I could be a good uncle for them. And so I just put my head down, focused on those things and just kept on doing the same things over and over. And after dating many different women, okay, at this time, and I was just trying to get to know, not like rushing in and all of this stuff, I kind of got a list of what I like and what I don't like. And at 25, I wrote a strict list of criteria of what I want my life to be in the next 10 years. I made a 10-year vision for my life. Yeah. Wow. Well, do, do you mind sharing with us uh, your list for your personal Yeah, so it was two things. And then how you found her? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I, I firstly started with my vision for myself, okay, and the world I wanted to create, which is I wanted to be a successful global business person because I was traveling all over doing business and I was seeing all these different people inspired me. And then I wanted to be a martial arts expert. Those were the two things I wanted for my life. And then around that, uh, as my teacher told me, he said, until you have a strong enough foundation, you're not ready to bring a, a woman into your life. Okay. Focus on your foundation. And so I wanted to make sure that I had a business turning over a million dollars. Okay. And, um, I had all the skills necessary to be able to run and lead a business and a family and be a leader. Yeah. So that was really my plan. And I gave myself until 35 to do it. And so this was different from that TikTok mindset that I used to be in. I was like, okay, I want to do everything in one month. Okay, I gave myself 10 right. years. Yeah, yeah. 
And so how did you, and what were you looking for in a woman or, or, or a wife? Cause you said you had a list cause you dated many different women and then you came up with, I guess, some sort of a list of what you're looking for. What were you looking for? I guess it's going to go back to my initial question where you said feminine woman and her energy nurture soft wants to create a family. Anything else that you had on your list? Yeah. So once I knew why it was to be a man, then I knew why I needed in a woman. And so I needed a mother who could raise a family, right? And so my job, once I got my foundation sorted, would be able to look carefully and observe who could be the best mother for my children because I want my children to raise up uh, whole and complete as possible. Nobody's perfect, right? And to have complementary skill sets. And so they need to be able to nurture themselves and nurture a family. That that was that was my high level criteria. There there are specific ones if you want to get into it. <laughs> That's really interesting. Well, so so I get what you're saying. Where you where because you know we talked in the beginning about having these role models. So essentially, you went very strategic and and very you were very conscious about what you're looking for because. As you've developed yourself as a man, I love that saying, by the way, when you said, once I knew how to be a man, I knew what I wanted in a woman. So it's almost like you, you worked on yourself for many years, you've built that foundation, you became a mountain, and it became very clear to you, what are you looking in that polar opposite in terms of the feminine energy? And it's interesting that you talk about it in terms of a mother figure and not necessarily... I guess, and maybe that's cultural. I don't know. Um, you, you know, you correct me if I'm wrong or interrupt me or whatever. Because I don't. How shall I explain this? But I guess I mean. So when you, I, I'm thinking, why does he? Why is he talking about and putting like the first thing that Joe you say is, I wanted a mother for my children, and you don't say I wanted a woman. To build a life with, I wanted a partner, I wanted a lover to build a life and family, but you specifically focus on or focused on 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 a mother role for your children, for the family. Uh what why why do you think that is? And and again, is it cultural or is it like are you looking for a woman to just be mother to your kids, or are you looking for also other criteria. And also here, Joe, I also wanted to ask you, because I think this is relevant. Most women who listen to this podcast are successful women and who are living in the West. And how shall I ask this question? I think I know what's coming up. Like, I think I know where you're going, but I don't want to assume. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, I think well, you know what I mean. Mother. I'm I'm not only just uh, you know something like that, right? I'm not I'm not only a mother, and I want to. So, for example, you know me. I am a successful businesswoman. I have a lot of masculine energy. We've been in the same mastermind, and I I my my sense is that it's just a different flavor. Like I feel like, and maybe again, this is cultural. I feel like 
Um, and again, this polarity thing will be different for, ev for every single couple, perhaps for you. And, I, and this is like, I can see that your marriage probably is very polarized where you are this mountain and you are this protector and a provider. And you really see the role of a woman in your life to be a nurturer and a mother and a housemaker and a homemaker. And there's so many women who would just love to do that. For example, I'm not that type of a woman, but string is also attracted to my femininity in that way. So do you know what I mean? That's kind of my, 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 my question there, because I think that a lot of women listening, they're going to be more like me where yes, I want, I want children and yes, I want to nurture a home, but I also want to be there out in the world doing what I love to do and, and for example, like me building a business or building a career. Yeah. And so it's, I'll tell you why I said the mother. Okay. And so you can, you can and feel free to challenge me. The reason I say a mother is because when a mother has kids, they unconditionally love their kids and nurture them. And it's that flowing of emotions that pouring into that nurturing, that love. And if I can find someone who can love with an open heart, they can love me with an open heart. They can love their work with an open heart. Creation starts from love. And so I'm looking at the mother aspect in the lens of love. And actually women are some of the best leaders okay? because women listen the most, right? And so just because you're a mother, it doesn't mean that you also can't be a leader. It doesn't mean that you also can't have a successful career. In Asia, there's so many successful female entrepreneurs who are also mothers, right? But they allow their emotions to express freely. And so there's no judgment of their emotions. And so when I say a mother, I look at it from somebody who can love and move with an open heart and has that capacity there. So that's that's why I say like a mother. Yeah. Because yeah, we, so it's more nature. of an, like an archetype. What you mean is an archetype of a mother uh, who, who, as you said, loves and moves through life with an open heart, who can be a mother, but brings that, I guess, mother energy to everything that she does. It doesn't mean necessarily that this is it. I'm going to put you into a box. You're just going to be a mother to my children. Um, but showing up in the world, and you said loving and moving with an open heart. Yeah, and, and so like mother is not like, like I guess mother is quite an advanced term. Like you're already the mother hen. No, like I mean like you have the potential to be a mother. You don't want the mother hen, right? You know what I mean? Like you, you want What's mother hen? What do you mean? Like a, a mother hen is already like a mother who has all the chicks and is already like doing the role and is like. Oh, hen, of, like, a, like a chicken. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, like a hint. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, like it's it's not it's not that. It's like I want someone who has the potential to love deeply, to nurture deeply, to have the confidence to open their heart and be be vulnerable and and just express themselves. And that will transfer into nurturing mother energy. That will transfer into love and polarity in our relationship that will transfer into love for their customers if they choose to do business. And so it's that it's that spring, it's that energy that can flow and can nurture. That's what I'm looking for. It's not like I'm a mother, I, I can know how to change nappies and I know how to do no, like that's all mechanics, right? I'm talking yeah, about so purely- it's kind of an archetype. That's why I mentioned an archetype is like a collective image that comes from our unconscious uh, you know, when we, when we think about mother energy, mother is very nurturing. She's almost 
all forgiving. She's there and present and she leads with an open heart and she has a lot of capacity to love and to be there and present. So I, I have a question, Joe, and I actually wrote here, Asian men question mark. So <laughs> I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask this in a way I'll, I'll try to ask this in the most, I don't know if politically correct way is, is uh, you don't anyways. need to be politically correct. Like I'm, I'm half English, half uh, Chinese. So I, right, I, I play on both sides. So, it's cool. So, yeah. You mentioned something really interesting when you said there's a lot of, so as you were talking about this and obviously you are, you are an Asian man with some roots in Chinese mafia, if, as we heard. So there's some <laughs> badassery going on there in your genes. Um, so I'm curious, I was always curious about the Asian culture and the men there and polarity there. And when, when women are uh, were asking me about this and just through my observation and I guess that re re my reading and everything, what I, what I, my observation was, and you tell me if I'm wrong because I'm probably wrong because obviously I'm not in that culture. I mean, I lived in Asia for quite a bit and maybe that's what has um, influenced my thinking. But what I see is that especially like Asian men in the Western culture, like Asian men who live in the West, are, are, are more like feminine in their energy, if that makes sense. <laughs> when they are put, maybe not you, because you're like black belt, you're a mountain, but you know, when they're put, when they're put next to, let's say a Caucasian man or, or any other man, it doesn't matter what, like, there's something about Asian, and I think it's very cultural because when we look at, you know, I lived in Bali and Malaysia, um, and, and Thailand and all, all of these countries. And I think it's connected to the culture and the religion in itself where it's not as bold. And, and maybe that's as a Western woman, when I see an Asian man in the Western world, to me, he looks, uh, he, he looks and feels not as masculine as, as you know, that his, but I know polarity exists in all cultures. And so I was thinking about, hang on a second, like are in Asian cultures, are men, actually like feminine and the women are masculine absolutely not like you can look at the the women in asia they are they're ex very feminine right and so what i found out well this was my observation i'm like all right in the west if you compare the western guy to an asian guy the western guy to me as a western woman would be a lot more masculine than than an asian guy but then when i look at the eight like asian culture and relationships i could I don't know if I want to say I could definitely see polarity, but I think polarity there just is is expressed a little bit differently. Like the the men are not like the alpha guy of the room, and it's much more what I think what you're describing much more collected and internal. Maybe it's a very in, introvert culture, and in, say like the West is everywhere in the TikTok and shit like that, but but the East is much more in, introverted, and I could see the polarity there. It has to be, and I've seen it, but it's not as, I guess, expressed or uh, uh, out there in the world. Is that is that is that correct? Is that your observation as well, or your yeah, experience? Because you are an Asian man. Yeah, it's it's a it's actually a it's a nuanced situation, and so what it is is Asian culture is five thousand years old. Okay, so it's like it's like a soup which has been boiling for five thousand years, and Western culture is, I'd say, like uh, maybe like American culture is like three hundred years old, and so it's it's a new soup, and so both soups taste good, and they have different flavors, 
And so when you're young, then say you're a young soup or a young man, you you are physical. You you are learning how to master your emotions. You you're having success. And when you're you're new to this, you want to show everything out. Okay, you want to show physically. You want to conquer. You want to. It's visible. Your 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 dominance. But then, as you become an older man, and you you know, okay, I've had success again and again. I don't need to shout it from the rooftops anymore and show up and challenge everybody every single second. It's kind of tiring. It's like I know who I am. I know I'm successful, and that's why it's more internal. And so that's why when you see in Asian culture. It's more internal because they're going for a more harmony approach. Where I don't need to show you every second. If you know, you know, and it's abstracted into the security, which is like the finances, right? Which is I can provide for you, and like I can give you this safe environment. I don't need to show you in every single interaction that I'm dominating you and I'm 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 a man because I know I'm a man, right? And so that's like kind of like the synopsis of that. But at the same time, it's also generational. So if you look at my father-in-law, he's a—if you hold him by Western standards, he's a typical man's man. Okay, he's born in the like he's he's in his sixties. You know, he he he's into fitness. He's got like still got a six-pack at this age. He he used to have like lots you know lots of girls. And so, your like, real father, you're talking about? Did you recognize? No, just my father-in-law. My my wife's my wife's oh, father-in-law. Uh, got it. Yeah, my yep. wife's dad. He is the man. Okay, and he's kind of like a military man, and same for Austin is like he is also like the man, and so it just really depends on like the family, the upbringing, and to be honest with you, it's not I don't it's like even a Western or Asian thing. The younger generation these days are getting a little bit spoiled because things are getting、yeah. more convenient, and as that comes in, you get more emasculated. But it doesn't mean that everybody's like that. Yeah, there's lots of very Masculine, even by Western standards, men in Asian culture too. Yeah, it's really interesting that you say you're actually getting emasculated by the culture, and and the, I I I actually never thought about this in that way, but now I I, I know what you mean because you see this younger generation, and the, the more women go into their masculine, like do 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 go go go, the men are like, oh yeah, sure, you pay the bills, you know. But I did not. Uh, like I could see the dynamic, the reverse, but I didn't actually think about the fact that this TikTok culture and the social media and everything becoming so convenient that men are being actually emasculated by that, where they don't have to raise their ass to freaking go and work on the streets and whatever. They he can just sit on the couch, he can work online, make some money, order some Uber Eats, and this is it. <laughs> You know,、yeah. like that kind、yeah. of stoic. And you know, I grew up in Eastern Europe, and I grew up in 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 very tough、um, conditions as well. When I had to work since I was fourteen and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I can definitely see that, and、um, that's why I think that this work is so important. And thank you, Joe, for doing the work. And because、um, you you've got you've got children now, right? You've got no, son, I don't. I'm, don't. I'm I'm in the process of、uh, putting. There's some buns in the oven. But they haven't. They haven't.、Uh, we haven't taken them out of the oven yet. So we're, we're making babies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're making babies. Good, good. Well, I was going to say that I think you.、Um, well, thanks for this conversation. This is really enlightening for, for for me. Obviously, I just got to know you better, and I think that for all the women listening, and I love this、uh, metaphor of a soup, and、uh, you know, this soup is five thousand years old. And this soup is three hundred years old, and when this soup is five thousand, it still tastes good, but it just、um, is expressed differently. 
um, and it doesn't need to, to be as expressive and out there. It just knows what what is very very, very interesting. Um, and so now you're married, Joe, right? You found your wife. Mm -hmm. She fulfills mm -hmm. well. She's that mother figure. And 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 anything you want to add about? And I know we're at the end of the conversation. Anything you want to add about? how you went on about like finding her and dating her and proposing to her, any, any story, anything. I know you got something in there. There has to be something in there about how you and your wife got together and got married. Yeah, we actually got married in the pandemic. Um, and I met her so two years earlier. So I knew her, I think for three years before I got married and I, I, I observed her for three years and I got to know her for three years. Okay. Because back to these uh, fortune cookie sayings, it takes three years to truly know a person. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and so. Oh, is that, is that real? Is that, is yeah, that a yeah. fortune cookie? It takes three years to get to know a person. Okay. Yeah. So there's it does. three years for everything. Three years to set yeah, up it's... a foundation, three years to get to know a person, three years to cook a, maybe a good soup for your family, like just three years for everything. <laughs> got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Chinese are like, like you know, there's this whole numer numerology thing where they have put yeah. importance on numbers, right? And so, yeah, uh, she came to the UK whilst her sister was studying in the UK. And I was eating in a Thai restaurant and it was three months after my mother had passed away, okay? And so I was heartbroken. I, would, my, my, like, I loved my mother a lot, okay? And you know how I said, like, uh, uh, my mom, she wanted her cut. She pr programmed me to be, like, a successful person. So I became successful, but unfortunately, after she passed away, I reached the goals. And so I was completely distraught, and I was eating. But as Austin had taught me, even the whole world is crashing, you still get on about your business. You don't – you move forward, and you, you, you don't melt, basically. You just act like nothing happened, right? But you process it. And anyway, so we're eating in this Thai restaurant, and she's walking down the street with with her sister. And I kid you not, and I never, ever believed this. They say that when you meet the one, you will know. As soon as I saw her, right, I was like, oh, my God. Is this a, is this a Thai celebrity that I know from YouTube, right? I was like, no, no way. No way it's her, right? And I looked at her, and I was like, she had this magnetic aura because she was happy. She was on holiday. She was expressing herself. And I could see her from halfway down the street. And then she went in, she ordered her food, and I was eating with uh, my partner. I was trying to catch her attention, trying to open conversation. And she was so focused on her food that she, uh, I couldn't catch her attention. And I was like, what is going on? So I was like, you know what? Like, if I don't get this girl's number, I'm going to kick myself for the rest of my life. So I took out my notebook from my bag. And the first time in my life, it's very cheesy, I wrote on the note, I said, Hey, I think you're really cute. Would you like to go for a coffee with me? Here's my number on WhatsApp, right? And as she was getting uh, to pay the bill, I said, sorry, excuse me, you dropped something. Here you go. And I gave her the note. And as I gave her the note, she looked up. She was shocked. Like, oh, my God, did I drop my wallet or something? And then um, I knew the owner of the restaurant, and I, I, I talked to her in Chinese. I said, help me, help me talk to this girl. Help me talk to this girl. And anyway, she told me uh, after... The, my wife left she said uh she told me that actually she doesn't like coffee uh and and sorry she doesn't like coffee and uh you know i was like oh oops 
yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that was my opportunity. That was my opportunity gone. But at least I tried. So I went home. I was like, okay, you know, at least I did my job. Otherwise, I would have regretted it. And I see on WhatsApp a message. Hi, Joe. I was like, oh, my God, it was her, right? And, and, and then we stayed in touch ever since. We got to know each other. Uh, she was supposed so to come over. she was over living it. in Thailand. She went back Thai, to Thailand. She's living in Thailand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And then because I'm a business person, I travel like many times a year. So I go to Asia, I go to Thailand. And uh, we got to know each other. Um, and in Thailand, when you date someone, you don't date the individual. You date their friends. You date their family. You date their extended family. And you have to pass the interview through every single step. And so my first date with my wife was with her best friends, right? And I was like, what the hell? What is this? I'm not used to this. I'm Western, right? I was like, I need a long time. I need to build up rapport. I need to build up chemistry. Why are you bringing your friend? Your first <laughs> date with his girl was with her friends. Yeah, because my wife is like, oh my, gosh. my wife is from a business family and she's been protected all her life. Right by by her dad, by her uncles, and so they don't so meet you strangers. Like work hard to get in there and and become part oh. of the system. Well, you think Google's all right, Western tough. Western ladies, uh, listen to this really well because you don't. If you think that your dating life is hard, um, this is this seems to be like a bit of a nightmare. But um, keep going, Joe. I'm listening. Yeah, as I said, you you think Google Google or Facebook is hard? This was harder. Okay, I, I I've been to these companies, right? And and, <laughs> <laughs> and so I sit down, and then her friend starts. Uh, we're on the escalator, and her friend starts asking me, Joe, what do you do? I'm like, Jesus, I'm on holiday and you're asking me this. I said, well, I'm a, I'm a business person. Da, da, da. I said, what do you do? She said, oh, well, I, I sell cars. I said, and I tried to build rapport. I'm like, okay, well, if I need to buy a car, then I'll ask you. No, sorry, I'm B2B. I'm like, whoa, whoa hold on. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Why, why, so, uh, why so rough? Okay, we're all getting to know each Are other. Are they all testing, testing you? Yeah, exactly. And so it was very smart because my wife would just eat her food and relax and be all innocent. And, and her friend who spoke, uh, like, who, uh, who was more like uh, business would ask me questions. Okay, what do you do? Why do you like my friend? What's your intention with her? And was it a girl or a guy friend? It was a girl. Yeah, of course. Girlfriend, yeah. okay. Yeah, 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 her, yeah. yeah. And so I said, look, uh, I really like your friend. I'm in the stage of my life where I'm looking to start a family in the next few years. So now I'm not... Um, I'm not like looking to fool around because in Asian culture, you don't fool around with the girls, right? The ones that come from good families, like you have to have serious intentions and they put you through these tests. And I, I told them all this story, I, you know, I paid for the bill. I, I tried to be sociable and her friend looked at me and was like, like, I could see in her face, like, no, nah, like you're just here to mess around. You, 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 you know, you're not serious. You live in the UK, like no way. And I was like, in my heart, I was like, what the? Like I'm not used to this first of all. And second, this is very rude. <laughs> okay. Like <laughs> Yeah. Wow. What happened next? I'm intrigued. How'd you get this this girl? <gasps> yeah, and so like she was my wife, like, she didn't make it easy for me. And I and the more I got to know her, I could tell she was attracted to me, but like it wasn't like other things where like you know maybe i dated before we had some chemistry we got on we you know we got to it um it was like because she was also in a stage of her life now where she wanted to settle down she wanted to have a family 
right? And she knew that she had to pick the right guy. And she was always scared. She's like, Joe, you kind of look like a little bit of a playboy. You know, are you serious? I was like, no, you know, like all these kind of testing little questions. And uh, <laughs> I, I had to swap them, you know. And, and so <laughs> I stayed in touch with her and I would just build the relationship. And it was like platonic and we get to know each other. I'd ask her questions about um, how she was a family. I would check her social profiles. How did she treat her mom? How did she treat her dad? How did she treat her niece and nephew? Did we you know, was she a family orientated? And then eventually I came to Thailand. We went to a jazz bar. We partied, we danced, and that was amazing. We built this connection and we were dancing all night. And after that, um, you know, we, we start falling in love. And then, uh, yeah, then, uh, she took me to her family and I thought the first interview was hard. The next one was 18 people, the niece, the nephew, three generations. Oh, my God, Anna. Right. And this was in Talk the pandemic. About pursuing and courting. OK, like we you know, when I work with my women in, in like in America, it's like I just want him to pursue and court and, and like here. It's like like pursuing courting on steroids at next level. Yeah. yeah, like because wow. you have to think. I'm I'm a foreigner in their eyes, even though I'm half Asian. I'm still from the West, and so like they don't they want to keep like the family Asian. To be honest, they don't want like a foreigner, right? And so like the reason my wife was so protected, she thought I was an international scammer because like how do you make money? You don't you don't have physical businesses. Where does all this money come from, right? <laughs> Are you a drug dealer, <laughs> right? right? right. And, and so anyway, like why did I court her? Because it comes back to your your finger. When I see a woman in her feminine essence, it was I was like an animal. I couldn't stop thinking about her. Something possessed me. All these years of emotional training and control, and I knew I found something unique that was scarce, right? And I couldn't find that feeling anywhere else. So I was I had no choice but to pursue, and it irritated me so much, right? And Anyway, and I was going through all this stuff and yeah, they invite me to the family and this is just after COVID. So I had COVID. I lost a ton of weight. I looked like a junkie because I was so skinny <laughs> and the, on my arm, I have some like cuts from my martial arts practice. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to go in with all these cuts because they're going to think I'm crazy. I'm going to put a plaster. <laughs> Little did I know her uncle is a doctor. Right. And so I'm sitting at the table uh, and firstly, her brother interviews me. He's like, Joe, why, why did you come to Thailand? I'm like, well, the food is nice. The sun's shining good, like all of this stuff. And they, and they just can't figure it out because, oh, you, you, you know, the West is supposed to be so good. And then her uncle sits down and is like, why you got these plasters on this? <laughs> and I'm so nervous, right? Because I, I had some caffeine that morning. I never drink coffee and I had like a caffeine overdose. So my hands are shaking and I have this like plaster on my arm. And, and the, the, the uncle is looking at me like I'm a junkie, like I'm a drug addict. And he's thinking I'm injecting heroin. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not good, right? <laughs> and anyway, so the whole family interviews me. I have to talk to the mom and dad, get to know them for multiple weeks and months. And then finally, after three years of knowing each other and dating for like um, like a year, I asked the parents for permission to marry, uh, marry their daughter. The dad reluctantly says yes. Okay, but he can't let his, his firstborn daughter go. He loves her so much. 
right? And so I have to earn his respect as well. And I have to like bond over hair, hair loss, physical uh, gym, <laughs> right? And we become a good relationship. And then eventually I get this massive house, uh, seven bedroom swimming pool. And I'm like, look, I got, I'm all prepared. I'm, I'm going to marry your daughter. We're going to take her there. And then uh, can I have your blessing? And, and the mother likes me. So she convinces the husband and then we get married. And then that's the end of the story. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. This is like from a movie, honestly. What you're describing, like the amount of effort and the testing and the vetting and, you know, it's, it's just unbelievable and it sounds so hard. But I think there is uh, like there's something, I don't want to say admirable, but something like a, a, like a lesson there um although it sounds like you know me as a western i'm like oh my god i don't want to go through that this is too crazy i don't want to go through the limitations (laughs) yeah like (laughs) you think about all the limitations that are placed there but then when you think about the vetting process and what happens and how hard you had to work to win this amazing prize that you now have in your life i think that every woman who listens to that is like shit i want to be courted like that like imagine being courted like that and this man working so hard to earn your father's blessing to bond with him over hair loss and (laughs) all this other (laughs) stuff like amazing like i love this story joe and thanks so much for showing up and sharing your story and i saw a picture actually a video of you and your beautiful wife and i can't wait for beautiful children um, to join your family so they can see um, an example of that masculine energy, the mountain and the waves crashing. And so we'll be celebrating together when you um, have that because that is ultimately, I mean, what, what we live for. I mean, my children and my family is everything um, to me. So, all right. Thanks so much, Joe. Uh, thank you for coming in and uh, being vulnerable and we shall chat soon. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Anna. beautiful woman thanks for joining us today if you enjoyed what you heard be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and please please leave a review this is super helpful for me for the podcast and this is a time to give back to leave a review share this episode with your girlfriend who really wants to hear it you can also find me on medium and youtube at anna rova where i share pretty much very similar content and where we change the world one embodied woman at a time All right, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for being here with me today.